Well, if you can have joy by the answer of your mouth, you can have sadness by the answer of your mouth too. Amen? So what, what we say will affect what we get. <laughs> Amen? And I'll talk a little bit about that here today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, go over to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. We just want to welcome you today and just excited about what God's doing in our midst and our atmosphere. We also want to welcome those that are joining us via conference call on the telephone today. Praise the Lord. We have people calling from even out of state to call in to hear the messages. Praise the Lord. Just, we just welcome you. We love you. We appreciate you. We're praying for you too. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today for the word of God. Speak through my lips. Think through my mind. All of you, none of me, Father. I pray that you speak directly through me today to minister grace to the hearers, all of us. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us on up today. We're going to come up hither, as your word says. We're going to come up higher today as a result. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We, um, we started, uh, prior to Easter, we started a new series. And we've entitled this series, How God Speaks how God speaks to us. And of course, we took a little break for Easter because we sh shared about the death, burial, and resurrection, how that applies to us today. But prior to that, we started this series about how God speaks. And I made mention of the fact, and I'll reiterate just a little bit. In fact, we have some, a couple of CDs back there. They're free of charge um, after the service. If you would like to take those, it'll say part one, part two, part three, whatever, um, back there. They're free of charge. You can go and listen to them at, on your CD player your car, wherever. Praise the Lord. Or you can just go on our website and all of our messages are on there. You can just download them to your, uh, your phone, whatever, and you can listen to them. There's different ways that you can listen to them. Amen? It's just a real blessing. Praise God. But we talked about how the, if there was ever a time that we need to learn how to hear from God, it's now. Amen? Now, hearing from God has always been important. It's always been important. But I think more than ever before, it's just vitally important that we have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and there's freedom. Amen? How many of you know there's liberty and freedom here? Praise the Lord. And sometimes you have to remind your body and your mind that you're free. <laughs> you have to say, I'm free. And shake off the dust, so to speak, amen? And just realize, my God, I'm free. I'm not, bonded. I'm not in bondage anymore, amen? So where God, I put down here, where God is allowed to speak, there's true liberty. Where God is allowed to speak, there's true liberty. And we talked about how that God has a frequency. I'm just reviewing here a little bit here. God has a frequency that He speaks on that not everybody hears, but they have the potential to hear what He's saying. Amen. Now go back to this phrase here, this little phrase that the Lord gave me uh, a few years back. I don't know, it's been two or three years since he spoke this to me, but I woke up, just like I said before, in the middle of the, evening, middle of the night, about three or four in the morning, and I heard this in my spirit. Now I didn't hear it with these ears here, but I heard it in my spirit. Amen. And that's why Jesus said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. So God is always trying to communicate with us. He's always trying to talk to us. We just have to pick up our spiritual antenna, so to speak, and hear what He's saying to us. Amen? Now, I do know this, that the Holy Spirit is the voice of encouragement. He's, he's an encourager. If there's anybody that believes in you, that anybody that's an encourager, it's the Holy Spirit. Amen? And if you're a believer, he happens to live on the inside of you, so he's not far away. He's not even out there. He's inside you. Aren't you glad for that? And so I heard this in my spirit, and the Lord said this to me, and I, I knew it was him because I don't talk like this <laughs> normally. But he said this. I heard this. I got up. I wrote it down on a little card. It said, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. And I, I'll say it to you again. The epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. 
Well, I knew that was the Lord because I don't talk like that. Now, I knew what the word epicenter, but I don't know that I've ever used that word before. But any time that I've heard that word, it was in reference to, you know, earthquakes. You know, the epicenter of the earthquake over in this country, right? In other words, that's the center. So I looked up the word epicenter and, uh, and some, you know, some other words that are used for that, acronyms. And it means this, the command post, headquarters, main hub, control center, heart, core. Okay? So when I saw that, I thought, boy, the epicenter, that's the core, that's the heart. God deals with man, God speaks with man from the inside out, not from the outside in. Now, under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, of course, God had to speak through outward means because man was spiritually dead. They did not, they were not, they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. Now, the Holy Ghost would come upon the prophet, the priest, or the king. Remember, I talked about that. And if the common follower of God wanted to hear from God, he had to go to one of those individuals. Okay? Why? Because man was spiritually dead. Now, what does that mean, spiritually dead? Because the Bible talks about there's more than one kind of death. The one that we're most familiar with is physical death, which is the separation of your spirit and your soul from the physical body. Amen? How many of you know you're more than just the body? You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. But there's more than one kind of death. There's physical death, that's what we're most familiar with. But then there's spiritual death, which means separation from God. Dead to God. All right? And the Bible says that uh, prior to our salvation to, for Jesus, we were, you know, we were walking around on the streets. Our heart was beating in our chest, but we were spiritually dead. We were dead to the things of God. And that's why when we became born again, our spirits reunited with God. At the new birth. Amen. And you became connected again to your creator. Amen. And so that being said, it began to deal with, he began to deal with my heart. Now, God always deals with us, first of all, in the spiritual realm. He doesn't deal with us in the mental realm or the physical realm. He deals with us in the spiritual realm first because everything came from the spirit realm. Everything was spiritual before it became physical, right? Everything was. And so the first key to, you know, discerning God's voice or how to hear God speak to recognize voices, we've talked about this, I'm just reviewing here, is number one, be born again. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you ask him to come into your life, however you, you came to the Lord. I mean, remember when there was a day when you did that, Okay. And uh, when you did that, you got forgiven of your sins, number one. But number two, your body now became the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about three different scriptures in Corinthians, how that the body, your body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Think about that. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, where does He live? In you. He lives inside of us. Praise the Lord. And so the Christian life is... is, is we're, we're learning how to be governed by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Not let our minds dominate us, not let our physical body dominate us. I mean, think about even the Apostle Paul. You know, people think that he wasn't tempted and so forth and so on. The great Apostle Paul that wrote half the New Testament. But yet he said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, he says, I keep my body under. I bring it, body, into subjection, lest by any means when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or disapproved. When Paul said, I, that's the spirit man, he says, I keep my body under. So he separates the body from I, which is the spirit man. Amen? So you see the separation there? I, the real man that's born again, that's the part that got saved, not your body. Your body didn't get saved. Your mind didn't get saved. Your spirit got saved. And the spiritual growth process is letting your spirit dominate you instead of your mind and your body. <laughs> Amen? Now, what happens to a person that's a Christian that lets his body and his mind dominate him? Well, the Bible calls that carnal. Paul calls the church at Corinth carnal. It's where we get our word carnivorous, meat. Okay? In other words, body-led instead of spirit-led. 
So the Christian growth as we begin to grow and feed on the Word of God and pray and fellowship with God and feed on the Word of God, come to church, grow and things like that, then what happens is, is our spirit man gains the ascendancy and then we grow out of babyhood stage of Christianity into adulthood where God wants all of us to be. You know, Paul told the one church in Hebrews, he says, I wanted to feed you with meat, but I couldn't. I had to feed you with milk. He goes, by the time that you ought to be teachers, I have one that need to feed you again with milk, the very basic doctrines of Christ. Amen? And it's, uh, you know, spiritual growth is like physical growth. There's certain characteristics, right? So you, no one's born full grown from the natural. No one comes out of their, your mother's womb, you know, and, and uh, you know, and you're able to carry on a conversation and do certain things. You have to grow and you have to develop, right? So you, you don't, and no one grows overnight. So spiritually, it's the same thing. We're all born babes. And Peter writes in his letter, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, he says, As newborn babes, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen? So he said, when we're first born again, we're all babes. Hey, babe. <laughs> we're all born babe. Here's the thing, though. God doesn't want us to stay babes. He wants us to mature and to grow. Amen? Now, that takes time. That takes diligence. That takes effort. That takes crucifying the flesh when the body wants to do certain things. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes the body don't want to pray. The body doesn't want to read the Word. The body doesn't want to come to church. Well, you tell your body, shut up. I'm not letting you body rule me, okay? I'm going to let my spirit man dominate me. I'm going to tell my body what to do instead of my body telling my spirit what to do. And that's when you really begin to develop spiritually is when you begin to let your spirit uh, have, gain the predominance in your life instead of your mind and your body, okay? And so uh, we talked about how that... Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We're talking about recognizing God's voice, how to hear God speak. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Amen? I want you to say this with me. I am God's sheep, and I hear His voice. And a stranger's voice I'm not going to follow. Hallelujah. So the first key in recognizing God's voice is you have to be born again, okay? How many of you are born again? Okay, then you qualify. The second thing we talked about last week, and I'm going to read Romans 14, verse 19. I'm just going to touch on this because I've got to get into some other territory here today. Praise the Lord. Verse 19, that's Romans 14, verse 19. Here we go. It says, let... Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things whereof we may edify one another. So in other words, we're to follow after peace. And I'm just going to quote this because of time. But Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And the Amplified says, as an umpire. The second way to distinguish God's voice, first of all, be born again. Number two is to let peace be the governor with your decisions and things that you have. No, no, it's decisions that you have to make is let peace, okay? When you pray about something, do you have a peace? If you're at unrest about something, if you're going to make a decision or a choice or something like that, something won't seem right on the inside, okay? How I many of you know, ever had that happen to you before? You're about to do something. And sometimes, you know, you know, you go against your better judgment because people say, man, if you don't get in on this, you're going to really miss out, you know, if you don't get in on this deal or this thing or that thing. And it might sound good from the natural, from your head, right? But yet something inside you saying, don't do that. Amen? Don't do that. And so you follow after peace. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't miss it from time to time. None of us are perfect. But as we, we, we develop in the things of God, make sure that when we make choices or decisions, whether it be a small thing or a big thing, is to follow after peace. Now, through the years, I've, I've counseled thousands of people through the years over the last, this is our 40th year of ministry, actually. We've been in ministry. This is our 40th year. Now, that wasn't all pastoring, of course. We were associate pastors, youth pastors, that kind of thing, you know, and most of it was pastoring or an assistant pastor. But uh, 
a lot of times I would hear people say, you know, something was telling me not to make that decision, you know, and they're, they're coming the aftermath. We're trying to clean up something, a decision that they made or whatever, or a relationship or something like that, you know, and but they were, they were like, you know, something was trying to tell me. I, I didn't listen to it. You know, my head was saying one thing, but my heart was telling me something else. And uh, I just went with pressure and I, I, I listened to my head instead, okay? Well, certainly there's mercy and there's help for people because we've all been there, right? We've, we've all, all of us have made wrong choices and so forth. But God's not condemning us. He's there to help us and learn from our mistakes, amen? The best thing is to learn from your mistakes, right? It's the best thing. Why repeat the same thing over and over again? Why beat yourself up, right? Hallelujah. And so we talked about following after peace. Let peace be the umpire. Now, today, uh, that's the second thing is follow after peace. This, the third thing I want to talk about in distinguishing God's voice or recognizing God's voice is uh, go, go to a Colossians chapter 3 again. Uh, this one's so vitally important. But Colossians chapter 3. Now, See this book up here? I'm holding up this book. What is this book? It says Holy Bible. <laughs> okay. Um, 66 books. Right? And uh, we call this the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that holy men of old wrote and spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, all Scripture, the Bible says, is inspired of God. God breathed, okay? So this is not just your ordinary book that's out there. There's no other book on the planet like this book. It's, this book is anointed. It's holy. It's holy. It's from God. And uh, God gave us His Word to lead us and guide us in the affairs of life. I was thinking about this one day, you know, it just, just dawned on me. Everything that we know about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost came from the Word of God. When you take the Word of God out of the element, how would you know anything about God? You wouldn't. In other words, the Word of God enlightens us about God Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, about creation, about how God sees us, about how God thinks about us. Everything we know about God and His doings and how He thinks comes from this book right here. Okay? So with that being said, Colossians 3 verse 15 says, we just quoted this, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are called into one body and be thankful. The next verse, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you poorly. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that, does it? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly. Notice the result, in all wisdom. Amen? Teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Amen? Now, Verse 16 is a, is a key right here. Now, this is the third way to recognize God's voice is we have to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Uh, we would say it like this, the Word of God. Word of Christ, Word of God, it's the Word. We have to let that Word dwell in us richly. Even Peter said, grace and peace are multiplied to you through the knowledge of God's Word. So the more word you have inside you, the more grace and peace you're going to have to deal with any situation in life. Amen? Because, you know, your natural, your natural feelings can really deceive you. Your body can tell you God's mad at you. Your mind can fool you and say God's upset with you. But is he really? In reality, is he upset with you? No. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 29, God even says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a glorious outcome. Amen. Hallelujah. So even, when, even in your darkest hour, even when you think you've messed up, thoroughly messed up, God's still not mad at you. He's still there to help you and to hold you up and to encourage you. 
And if you ever think for one minute that God's against you, or God's upset at you, you know what's going to happen? You're going to run from Him. You're going to run from anything that has to do with God. And you know, that's sad to say, but there's a lot of people, and I believe God's changing that. There's a lot of people that think God's upset at them, that God's mad at them, that God's let them down. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and they're, some people are actually offended at God, right? And the very person they should be running to, they're running away from, Okay? And just because something happened in our lives, some type of disappointment happened in our lives, doesn't mean that God's upset, doesn't mean that God left us. There are reasons, certain things, we don't, the Bible says this secret things belong to the Lord in Deuteronomy 29, 29. There are certain things that are just a secret between you, Him and God and us. You know what I'm saying? That we may not understand everything that's going on, but that which is revealed belongs to us and our children. Okay? So, don't let the unknown trip you up. Amen? You know, the Holy Ghost spoke to me one time a few years ago, and He spoke this to my spirit. Again, I didn't hear it with these ears. I heard it in here. He said, Son, don't focus on what you don't know. Focus on what you do know. Because, you know, sometimes you're reading through the Bible like, Oh, my gosh. That baffles my mind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. But here's the problem. A lot of people focus on what they don't know instead of what they do know. Okay? And I encourage you to do that. Forget about what you don't know. If the Holy Spirit wants to reveal something to you, He will. Sometimes at the right, proper time, He'll show you certain things. But don't get hung up on what you don't know. A lot of people do that, and it ruins their whole walk with God. Focus on what you do know. Amen? Like Peter said, silver and gold I don't have right now, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He knew that the name of Jesus would get that man healed. The silver and the gold weren't going to heal that man, but the name of Jesus was. He knew the power of the name. He knew the power. He spent time with Jesus, the healer. And he says, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. And he walked and leaped and ran into the temple praising God in the book of Acts. So that phrase, such as I have. So what do you have? Focus on that. If all you know is Jesus loves me, this I know. How? Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> right? Like the little, the kid's song, right? Well, that's how you know it from the word of God. How do I know that Jesus loves me? The Bible tells me so. Amen? And Jesus doesn't stop loving you just because you grow up. It's not just a little songy-wongy for the kids. Jesus loves me, this I know. And they picture a bunch of kids. That's important. But you know what? A lot of people, when they grow up, they don't realize Jesus still loves you. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know if that came out okay, but... <laughs> but He loves you. He never stops loving you. God never, Jesus never stops loving you. Even when you feel like you've messed up the most and you feel condemned about your choices and decisions, He never stops loving you. If He ever did, you can forget it. If God ever stopped believing in you, if ever God ever stopped loving you, there would be no hope for us. But the thing is, He doesn't. My Bible tells me, listen to this, it says, it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. What's that mean? It's the goodness of God. Repentance means to make a turnaround. It's the goodness of God that draws me to God. When I picture Him and I see how good He is, even if I'm messing up, I'm drawn to Him. I'm drawn to Him. Now, Jesus was the perfect example. While He walked the streets of Galilee, you know, when He was on Jerusalem, the little children were drawn to him. And if children were drawn to Jesus, he was not a stick in the mud. Like a lot of the paintings that you and I have seen, you know, Jesus got a lamb thrown over his back, you know, he's got a real serious look on his face, you know. He's not, there's no joy, there's no smiling, there's no peace. Well, folks, listen. Kids are perfect. If they see someone that's stern, they want to run from that person. Right? You can, you can test it out yourself. I mean, if you're happy and you're joyful, kids want to be around people. 
And the kids were attracted to Jesus. Amen? And when you realize how winsome he really is and how wonderful he really is and how good he really is, that he wants to give only good to you and me. See, that sometimes Jesus and God have been represented wrongly from the pulpits across the world. And things have been said about God that are not true. Okay? Amen? Now, through the years, I don't know if you've had the opportunity, but there's times that I've, before I met somebody, I heard something bad about them, you know? And, uh, and when I actually meet that person in the flesh, the first thought that crosses my mind is, that rascal. <laughs> because of what someone else said about them, I haven't even met them yet, okay? And yet when I would meet them, I'm thinking, I see something different with this person that that person, other person didn't see, okay? And so the most misrepresented person is not a human being, it's been God. What people say about God, how they preach about Him, what they actually say about Him, the way they present God, may not be exactly how God really is. Because if we really understood how wonderful He is, how beautiful He is, how glorious He is, and how much He loves you, that love will draw you to Him. It does. And when we understand that, we begin, the Bible says we're to love one another even as Christ loved us. Are you with me? Well, let's make it even more personal. Husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. How can a husband love the wife adequately if he doesn't know how much God loves him? Because it says, husbands, love your wives. How? Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And Jesus said, love one another, even as I have loved you. So the even as is so important because we can't really love one another. That's the most powerful thing on the earth is the love of God. It's not our faith. It's nothing more. The most important thing, the Bible says, now about it, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Amen? And it's not just loving one another. That's part of it. Actually, you know what? That's just a reaction. Loving one another should be a reaction to God loving us first. Okay? And I submit this to you. And I believe that heartbeat of the Father right now is that He's saying to me, through me right now, church, my people, let me love you every single day. Let me speak to you. Let me love you. Let me pour my love into you. And by doing so, you're going to feel security and peace on the inside of you, which will translate into you taking that out to other people. Because as you are whole, you make other people whole. Did you get that? So allowing him to love you every single day. Now I'll give you an example. Um, I'll be just going about my own business, doing something, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I know the voice of the Holy Spirit when he speaks to me. And sometimes we, always, we only think that God's going to speak some deep revelation to us. You know what I'm saying? And he does do that. But sometimes the deepest revelations are the simplest revelations. And I'll be going along sometimes doing something, you know, and I'll, I'll feel like the Lord like tap me inside. Not literally, but I feel like him saying, and he'll say, Keith, I just want you to know that I love you today. Amen? Now, this might sound a little bit odd. But God speaks to you, and you're, how many of you know when God speaks to you, He doesn't speak in Chinese? <laughs> or Japanese? Is that a real language? Yes, but that's not the language that you speak. So when God speaks to you, He speaks in your native language. If you're Hispanic, He'll speak to you in Spanish. How many of you know God can speak in any language? Every kindred, every tongue. <laughs> Amen? But when He speaks to you, he speaks in a way that you can understand him in a way that you can grasp him. Are you with me now? And so, um, a while back, there was an initial time that this happened. Now, my father, when he's in heaven now, he's been there for almost 10 years now, 
He's with Jesus. And thank God I'm going to see him again. How many remember my dad? Praise the Lord. I miss him. I love him and I miss him. Amen. But he's fully aware of what's going on down here. Amen. And he's one of those cloud, part of the cloud of witnesses. Glory be to God. Amen. And um, uh, yeah, I had something happen to me about a week ago. And I had a dream. It was a spiritual dream. And it was so peaceful. And I saw my father in the dream. And uh, there no words were said. But I saw him. And he walked up to me. And he kissed me on the face. And he smiled at me real big. Now, when something like that happens, words don't even have to be used. But the, what the, the sense that I got when he did that, and I woke up like with tears in my eyes. I woke up, and the Lord was showing me. He says, I'm, he's, I'm so proud of you. Amen? And I woke up. I was like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. You know what I mean? It was like a spiritual dream that happened. You know what I'm saying? Can that happen? Of course. Right? Well, um, anyway, my father, talking about him, when I was growing up, now there's no perfect father. You understand that? There's no perfect dad. But my father loved me. He cared for me. Amen. To the best of his knowledge, he loved me and cared for me, you know. But there were times, you know, when I was younger especially, he would call me Keithy as a kind of a nickname. Of course, Keith is my real name, but he would say, Keithy, and he'd hug me or something, you know what I mean, when I was growing up, you know, it was a sense of endearment, you know. Well, the Holy Ghost, the Lord spoke to me one day, and he said, hey, Keithy. <laughs> and you think that's funny, but that's, that, the Lord spoke that to me, and I said, no, I didn't expect that. I heard it inside me. He said, hey, Keithy. And when my dad did that, it was a sense of joy and enthusiasm, like, I'm pleased with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like you. I don't just love you. I like you, right? And the Lord said, hey, Keithy, I just want you to know that I love you today. All right? Now, I'm sharing that to you because a lot of times we'll shut off. When God's trying to speak to us, we think, oh, we're just making that up. That couldn't be God. Why not? Amen? Praise the Lord. Even when God speaks to us, we think He's going to speak to us in Elizabethan English. How art thou today? Thou doest well? I am the high and lofty one in heaven, and I love you today. You know, God doesn't speak to us like that, although He could. Okay? And a lot of times people don't think that's, that's the only way God will speak to you, is unless, you know, unless it's Elizabethan English. Right? But I heard, uh, I heard a true story. You know, um, Brother Bob Yandian talked about this. He was, he, he was trained under um, Charles Duncombe, you know. He was a, a Greek scholar, you know. And uh, he said oftentimes God would use him in prophecy, you know. And, uh, but, I mean, these $50 words would come out. He'd be prophesying, you know, because that's, that's his thinking, that's his mind, you know. And, and he would say something like, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord doesn't want you to fear. I've not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. There's no need for you to be afraid ever again, you know. And it just almost have a rhythm to it, you know what I'm saying? But, but Bob said an old guy from West Virginia could get up and be under the unction of the same Holy Ghost, the same spirit. And the spirit comes upon him. He says, I'm telling you out there, God don't want you scared. Y'all here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, well, what's the difference? It's God uses that my person's vessel, how they speak, how they think, how they interpret things. And the guy from West Virginia just says, it could be Arkansas for all I know, but he says, God don't want you scared. Right? It's, he's saying the exact same thing, just in a little bit of different words, but God's still speaking to us. Amen? Now, the more word we have in us, the more God has to work with. For example, the more money you have in the bank, in your bank account, the more you can do. Right? 
You can give to every charitable thing that comes out there. I mean, God, God says, do this, and you just write the check, you just do it. Because there's a resource that's stacked, stocked up in your bank account, right? And you can, if God says, give that person $1,000, they need it right now. You don't even hesitate. You just take it out, write it up. There, God speaks, I do it. Amen? But if the, re if the reservoir isn't full, you might hear God speak, but you can't really fully obey it because the money's not there. Are you with me? In other words, the reservoir isn't full. Your spirit is a reservoir. Your spirit is a reservoir. And the more word you have inside you, the more God can speak to you and use you because there's more to work with. Okay? Now look at Brother Glenn back there. He's an electrician, a professional electrician, you know. And there's, he's got tools of the trade for being an electrician that if he doesn't have those tools, he's limited in what he can do with certain jobs. Now, I couldn't tell you the first thing that he would need, but are there certain tools that you need, Brother Glenn? Okay. So he has those tools to work with, right? Now, he's, the one, he's educated. He's got the knowledge. I don't. He does. But if he doesn't have the proper equipment, he might have the knowledge to do the job correctly, whatever needs to be done electronically, but if he doesn't have the tools, he's rendered useless, okay? The same with a plumber. There's, there's tools to the trade of being a plumber. I've met a friend of mine who lives down the street. He's a professional plumber for many years, you know? He's got all kind of equipment and tools that he uses, you know? Same concept. He's got the knowledge, but you need the tools in order to complete the job, Okay? Now, the main tool that God gives you and I to be effective in this life is the Word of God. And that's why the Scripture says right here, let the Word of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly. And then it goes on to say teaching and admonishing one another. So in other words, the more Word you have in you, the more effective you'll be in being a blessing uh, to someone. Amen? And so many times, the, you know, the Bible even says that God... Went with them in Acts chapter 16, or Mark chapter 16, I believe it is. The Lord went with them, uh, or is that Matthew? Is it Mark? Mark 16. It says, He went with them and they preached the word, and the Lord confirmed the word with signs following. They confirmed the word, right? So they had to have the word, and when they preached the word of God, God confirmed the word. Well, to preach the word, you have to have the Word in you. Okay? So it's so important. He says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now real quickly here, go over to Isaiah 55. And this third key to, um, you know, to recognizing God's voice, hearing God's voice, is to get filled with God's Word. That's the third point. Get filled with God's Word. Now, if you've been here any length of time, you know that we put a lot of emphasis on the Bible and the Word of God. Not just Reader's Digest, not some little fancy poem or something like when I was growing up. The pastor at a Methodist church that I came out of, the guy preached out of Reader's Digest more than the Bible. And we heard the nicest, cutest little story you ever heard before. I remember him sharing a story about a bird, you know, and how it was, you know, it was beaten up against this ship, you know, up in New England, you know, and I... It's not like a cute story, but there was no Bible. There was no word in that, you know. And he would say things like, let us remember that if we do this, then this will happen. I'm like, there's no scripture here. Well, he didn't last long in ministry, thank God, because God didn't call him to do that. He chose it as a profession. How many of you know you can't choose as a profession to go into the ministry? You've got to be called. Amen. So he went back into the accounting field. That's what he did before he got into the ministry. Thank God. Because this same minister, Reverend, I could call his name out, he got up and preached against the new birth one day. Because we, you know, myself and a bunch of youth went to another church, Methodist youth camp up at Jamonville, like we talked about. I got born again up there. He found out it, got wind about it, you know. And he called it fanaticism. And uh, he says, I've taught you better than that, you know. And, uh, and he grieved the Holy Spirit because he was denying the power of God. When we came back as a youth group and we got saved, you know. And, uh, 
And I'll tell you, my mother, she talked about how she raised her hand one time in the Methodist church. She thought the whole church was going to split in half, literally, because, my God, someone's raising their hand in church. You know, well, she had an experience with God. But we don't do that in our church. Well, if God does something for you, man, I want to give glory to Him. Amen. Thank you. I'm not ashamed to lift my hands. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed to give glory to God. I'm not going to be obnoxious about it, but I'm going to say, you know, if God does something, I'll say, Lord, the Lord did that. I don't care if there's sinners around me. I'll say, God protect me. God did that. Amen. Yeah. I talked to you last week about that truck that was that broke loose. That was hauling. It was a U. Uh, it was a, uh, a tow truck hauling a mail truck, and I was right behind it on a hill. This was last week, and I'm right behind the tow truck, and all of a sudden I heard boom, and that the mail truck which had broke down, was on the back being towed. I saw it hit the ground, bounce up and down, and it broke loose, and it's coming right at me. Okay? Well, the Holy Ghost said, put it in reverse. There was somebody still behind me, and I cut the wheel. I only had a little bit of room, and I backed up about maybe like this much. That's how much room I had. As soon as the mail truck hit the ground, the wheels shifted to the left, and the, the truck, instead of coming straight back at me on a hill, it cut and went and it landed in the side of the hill. There was a the restaurant there, a Mexican restaurant, and it stuck in the side of the hill. Amen? But it didn't touch me. People, I talked about that, and I said, God protected me. I talked to sinners. Amen? I said, God protected me. Amen? Now, I didn't preach the whole gospel to them right, right there, but I let them know who gets the glory for doing that. The Lord protected me. Amen? But, uh, so God has, you know, given us his word. Now, we'll conclude here this morning. But in uh, Isaiah 55, in verse 7, well, actually, go to verse 8 first. We'll read that first. We'll go back. Okay? So the third key we're talking about here is recognizing God's voice is get filled with God's word. Make daily deposits of God's word inside your heart. Verse 8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but watereth the earth, maketh it to bring forth and bud, it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper to the thing whereunto it is sent. How many of you read that scripture before? Okay. Now here's the, part, here's the scripture that a lot of people take, and I might say out of context. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my, neither my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways and thoughts higher than your ways. All right? And so, you know, you'll get a religious response to this most of the time. People say, you know, you just never know. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You know what I'm saying? Get that little moan in their voice, you know? Like you just don't know. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our thoughts, Right? Well, what about the next, what about the verse before that, verse 7? Let the wicked, that's who he's talking to, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let them return unto the Lord, and I will have mercy on him, and I'll, to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's when he goes on to say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. He's not talking to a believer here, he's talking to the sinner. Unredeemed people. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. For as the heavens, you know, comes down and so forth, my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. All right, but yet so many times people quote this scripture. Christians have done this. Ministers have done this and in a detrimental way that have given people the excuse of like, you know, we're just stupid. We're just little yeah. dumb sheep down here. You never know what God's going to do. Well, here's the thing. God gave us 66 books Right? These are God's thoughts. These are God's ways. How does God think? He thinks like this. See, how do I, how do I want to know 
Though how do I know what God's attitudes toward the sinner is? I find it in the Word. How do I know what God's attitude is towards me? I find it in the Word. How do I know what God's attitude is regarding sickness and disease and the healing of the physical body? I find it in the Word of God. It's, this is the common denominator right here, the Word of God. And so that's why it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you what? Richly. Praise the Lord. So when God's Word is in your spirit in abundance, the more God has to work with. And, you know, that would even have to do with prophesying, speaking under inspiration of God, speaking out something that's going to bless people. The more word you have in you, isn't that right, Brother Dan? The more word you have in you, the more God can use you. Because there's more to work with. There's more to work with. Okay? Um, let's go to, uh, let's finish up here this morning. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 6. I want you to see something here. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this scripture pouring over inside me here and I thought, I'm going to look this up here. <laughs> Praise God. So, the Word of God, you can have Every translation of the Bible in your house, all these Bibles, mega Bibles in your house stacked up on top of each other, but they won't do a person any good unless that word gets inside them. Are you with me now? So, you know, if you need, if you need healing in your physical body, what type of seed, word, are you putting in you? If you need, you know, if you need healed from arthritis, you need healed from... Uh, lung disease or any type of disease or sickness, there has to be a counteraction to that because the facts may be, you know, doctors say you've got this thing, you've got this disease, you know, and it's, they might even use the word incurable. We know from God's vantage point, there is no such thing as an incurable, nothing. And so, you know, if you've got those words that are out there, right, you've got those words. I've been on that situation before. More times then you know. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing is, what word are we putting in us to counteract those, uh, the, uh, the other evidence? The truth is higher than the facts. The fact may be that you have something wrong with your body. Right? The fact may be that you have arthritis in your back. But the truth is, the Word of God says, by His stripes, ye were healed. Okay? Amen? You say, well, brother, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, it makes faith. Amen? Well, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Let's go over there. I'm going to bring that up there. Luke chapter 6. Verse 45. Okay, and I'll kind of leave you with this here today because you can actually, the healing power of God starts inside of you. Your provision starts inside of you. Not outside, it's inside. As a Christian, your victory, your deliverance, everything, everything starts within you. It's not out there. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart or spirit Notice this, bringeth forth that which is good. Do you see that? I want you to see this. This is so powerful. A good man or woman, it's not a gender thing there, but a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Well, your heart is your spirit, right? An evil man out of the evil treasure a reservoir of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Next verse. For of the, for of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? So let's look at these together. A good man 
out of the good treasure of his heart. Word of God, treasure. The Word of God's a treasure. If the Word's in your heart, you can bring it out. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth. Both of them bring forth results, right? One's bad, one's good. Well, what, what you put in your spirit, what you deposit in this bag, if you will, what you deposit in your eyes and in your ears goes down inside your spirit, and that's a reservoir there. And so that reservoir, that's where your healing is, that's where your provision is, that's where everything is, and it's there that you bring it forth. A good man bringeth forth those things out of the good treasure of his heart. How do they do that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's the release valve? You know, it's just like when you go to, you know, if you go home and you go in the restroom here and you want to wash your hands, you know, you turn on the spigot. Most of it's like automatic now. You just put your hand under there. But let's just say the old-fashioned spigots, you turn it on, right? You know that there's water in there somewhere. But to release it, you have to turn on the valve and whatever's in the reservoir, you know, or it goes back to the city or wherever it I don't think you'd want to know where it comes from sometimes, but, you know, <laughs> Allegheny River, Ohio River, whatever, you know. And, um, and so that, that spigot will bring it forth. It's already there. You just have to bring it forth. Now, the spigot is your mouth, our mouth. It's our lips. Amen. Amen. Proverbs is so full of scriptures that death and life are in the power. Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love us shall eat the fruit thereof. The Bible says the tongue of the wise is health and healing. So, in other words, if we want good results, we have to put something in the reservoir first, but then draw it up by speaking it. Yes. By speaking it. Now, I don't know why that's so difficult for people to understand sometimes as Christians. It's like, you mean i got to speak something out loud? Yes. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, you got saved that way, right? That's right. And so, uh, you know, what, what it, let's just keep it really simple, basic, simple, A, B, C, one, two, three, right? Put the word in your heart. Take one healing scripture, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, I am healed. Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 3 John 2, beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Those are just three scriptures, but you put them in the reservoir of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And then when you do that, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth. Amen? Hallelujah. This is good news. Amen? Why do you think that that message has been so persecuted by people through the years? Because the devil knows that's where the power is. Now it works in reverse too because people out of the, a bad man, evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth things. I knew that was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You know? And uh, I told you that was going to happen. You know, well, if it's negative, yeah, they prophesy that in the, in the negative. I told you that was going to happen, you know. I told you I was going to lose my job. Well, you prophesied it. <laughs> Amen. And so people can get so in the negative realm where they're, the devil's putting bad seed inside their mind. It gets in their heart and then they speak it out. That's, yeah. what, that's what worry and fear are. That's why Jesus even said, he said, take no thought, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? How are we going to be clothed? Amen? He said, don't take a thought by saying it, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen? So you can make, and I, I encourage you, be very simple about these things, because God's not complicated. Amen? But even take like one phrase and it may be something, a phrase that, that you came up with. God just put that in. It's not, you're not copycatting somebody else. But, you know, you can say it out loud and it'll literally govern 
your life. Like I make uh, through the day, I don't, it's no set realm, set way I do it, but I'll say things like, Father, I thank you today. When I wake up, this is going to be the best day of my life. Oh God, I thank you today that goodness and mercy follow me. I'll say it different every day. I said, I expect favor. I thank you for the favor of God upon me everywhere I go today. According to Psalm 5, 11 and 12, you said that the righteous, uh, that favor of God shall encompass us round about. Amen. Favor like a shield. Amen. Now, that's a seed. The word is a seed. That's, that's Psalms 5, 11 and 12. But thou, O Lord, will compass him about. Amen. With favor like a shield. Favor. Favor. Well, that's a seed, right? So you put that in your heart and you say it out of your mouth. Father, I thank you for favor when I go into this meeting today. Oh, Lord, I thank you for favor when I go into this family reunion today. I need favor with some of the other relatives. Wisdom, the same way. So we bring, that's what Jesus said, we, a, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Praise God. You know what you want to know what's in a wanna you want to know what's on a person's heart? You listen to their mouth. And that's all of us. What's in abundance in a person's heart is what's going to come out of their mouth. That's not necessarily bad. Okay? But you can always tell what a person's predominantly thinking upon. Are you with me? And so the good news is, is we have the ability to control that. Amen. Amen. What I put in my reservoir is up to me. It's not, I can't blame anybody else. It's what I put in my reservoir. And I put the Word of God inside my heart. And I've been listening to the Word of God for so many years. So many years. But I will never stop listening to the Word of God. I'll never stop reading the Word of God or quoting the Word of God. Because it's life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs 4 says that. My words, incline thine ear to my words. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For my words are life to those that find them. And health and healing and medicine to all their flesh. Proverbs 4, 20 through 21. His word is medicine. His word is medicine. Amen. There are certain things that the doctors told me that I would never get healed from. That medical science, and we respect doctors, okay? We're not degrading them at all. They're doing the best that they can do. But there are certain things that were spoken over me by the medical field, by professionals, okay? Some of the best doctors in Pittsburgh that said you'll never be healed from this. It's, a, you know, basically, you know. Um, but... I had a word from God. Right here. Amen. And I stand before you today whole and healed by the power of God. Without the smell of smoke. Like it never existed. Amen. Now I'm not saying that to brag on me. Oh no. Because I know what I can do. It's nothing. But I know what God has done. He's already done it. And I want to be on God's side. The 12 spies that went up, the, yeah, the 12 spies that went up came back. 10 of them came back with an evil report of unbelief. But two came back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. I want to say what God says. They said what God said. We can do this. We can take the land, the other 10. Even though they heard God said, you can take it. This is yours. They, they sided in with the world. They sided in with the five senses. Okay? There's giants over there. They're bigger than us. We can't do this. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da. You know? Well, that's what they spoke. Out of the abundance of their heart, they spoke. They perished in the wilderness. They got what they said. But the other two, Joshua and Caleb, got what they said. They're bred for us. Their defenses parted from them. Let us go up at once and possess the land. Well, Joshua and Caleb and those 20 years and under underneath them were the only ones to go into the promised land when it was all said and done. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And remember in Numbers chapter 14, God said, what they've spoken in my ears, that will I do. Amen? Whether that's good or bad. The majority said, we can't do it. We're too weak. They're too big. I'm too weak. I don't have the resources, you know. God says, what you've spoken in my ears, that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. Let's go up. You know, they almost got stoned for that by the majority. Persecution. Because they stood up for God. So when you stand up for God, don't be surprised if you have a little resistance from people. <laughs> Amen. Matter of fact, sometimes when you um, sometimes when you make a stand on the Word of God, the enemy's going to make it look, look like the opposite is true. Well, I heard these things. God was going to do this. God was going to do that. It's going to look sometimes like the exact opposite. Okay. We've heard even prophetic words about, for example, about our nation, right? Well, if you look at it from the natural standpoint, it looks like it's getting a whole lot worse, right? But Paul told Timothy, he says, I want you, the, the prophecies that went before you, I've given them to you that you might war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience of which others have made faith shipwreck. They've given up. They've quit, Okay? And when God speaks something, when God declares something, it may look totally impossible from the natural standpoint, but if he, if he truly spoke it, you can take it to the bank because He's going to come through. Glory be to God. And this word is all full of prophecies about your body and about your spirit and about every part of your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, uh, at the... Uh, first part of the service Brother Gary back there brought this up to me he says if you have a chance I want you to read this just a little short paragraph this is about the next move of God's spirit this is uh, given on Sid Roth's program that part about the next Gary this part here about the next move of God's spirit right okay and I'll just read this and I'll, we'll leave you here today, okay? We'll let you go. Many prophets have seen what the next greatest last move of God's Spirit will emphasize, the love of the Father God. This is, where, this is why we're offering resources. Is that the one? Okay. Okay, he talks about some CDs right there, you know. Um, Through powerful testimonies and practical biblical teaching, it extends an invitation for you to experience the amazing Father's love is the doorway to the next move of God's Spirit. When God's love of the Father is revealed and released, miracles happen, including deliverance from fear, depression, physical, emotional, mental healing. And he talks about the greater glory. That's what we're coming into. Amen? We're coming into the greater glory, and I believe that with all of my heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hope I read the right thing. Is that the, okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship Him for a minute here. Amen. We worship you, Father. We thank you so much. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you today, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For I've said in my word, and I'll say it unto thee again, my word is seed. And when you place my seed, that's my word, into your mind, through your eye gate, through your ear gate, that my word, which is my seed, will go down into your spirit. But the word of God is not meant just to stay in the ground, which is your spirit. It's meant to bring forth fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. I've given you my word, seed, 
saith the Lord, and as you plant my word seed into your mind, through your eye gate, through your ear gate, know this, there'll be a reservoir of divine health and healing in your spirit. There'll be a reservoir of provision, of natural, physical provision that'll be in your spirit. But I want you, as you've heard today, I want you to turn on the spigot, that is the words of your mouth. And when you've placed my word seed inside of your heart, you begin to speak out loud those promises unto me. For my word will not return void and empty, but it will accomplish and it will produce. And yes, it'll bring forth fruit. For you see, my word is spiritual, but it will produce in the natural. For the word, which is spirit, became flesh. And so my word, though it is spiritual, has the ability to take on flesh. And the key element for the promises becoming flesh in your life on your behalf is allowing the seed word inside your spirit to come out of your mouth. And don't be weary in well-doing. Do not be weary in speaking my word. For you see, I've designed the system from my heaven's perspective. I've designed it so that the mouth will bring forth everything that you need. So begin to declare my word, to begin to, dis to speak what I've said to you in my word, and you'll watch and you'll see and you'll look round about and you say, my God, this thing really works. Things are really changing. My finances are turning around. My body's turning around. But know this, saith the Lord, it's no mystery to me, for the mystery is in my word. And I've given you my word, so speak it forth and bring it forth in abundance, and there'll be much fruit that shall come about on your behalf. And you'll be so excited, you'll be so, so full of joy, you'll have to take it, even this message to other people, saith the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's thank Him. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For you see, the, the, the enemy of your soul has endeavored to get you to the place where you shut your mouth and you don't say anything, where you seal your lips, as it were. But don't let that take place, saith the Lord. For you see, the work of the enemy is very cunning and very subtle. And the first thing that he'll endeavor to do is to get you to close your mouth and to quit saying my promises. But don't listen to the adversary, saith the Lord, rebel against him. Rebel against him by speaking what I say, saying what I say, and you'll bring forth fruit. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll bring forth fruit, and your fruit shall remain. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. That just came right out of my spirit. Right out of my spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus.